Welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Hoops podcast here for another week. Um, I am hoping that this finds you and your families uh, well, healthy, uh, socially distanced and all that. I am, as always, I'm merely Andy Barons coming to you from Chicago. I'm joined by internet legend Dalton Del Don. Uh, Dalton, what's up? going on andy um excited to talk some league of leagues with you today we just did a three sport draft uh well not together but virtually saturday took longer than 10 hours uh features uh, old yahoo scribes brad evans brandon funston uh pat mayo will brinson tim bontemps uh, cousin sal the miz anyway a fun league uh We'll dive into that very soon. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's just a very weird time. Um, and I, don't, I haven't figured out how to answer that question, but uh, uncertain times and just, yeah. just trying to get through. Uh, Andy, how about yourself? How's your family doing, man? Uh, things are things are pretty good. I'm I, in, in some ways, it's similar to your situation in that I am accustomed to working from home a great deal, right? Like probably all but one day a week, I'm, I'm working from home in a, under normal circumstances. You know, I might blow into the Yahoo office for a day of videos, something like that. But by and large, I'm working from home. Um, I am joined, however, by two adults, my daughter and uh, my wife, who do not normally work from home. And it creates, you know, not tension, but, uh, you know, conflict, sonic conflict. Uh, you know, turns out my wife likes to wander as she talks and she's on a lot of conference calls. So that can be a conflict. I don't know. Who, who knows? Maybe she'll make a cameo <laughs> on this pod. It's always possible. How are things from you with you at home? The big situation is school. You know, my wife transitioning to being basically a full-time teacher right now. And uh, the school's done a great job. But I also have a, a mom, you know, it's approaching 80. And she's, like, basically raising a, a great grandkid. And she's trying to learn how to teach a third grader. So this is all complicated while also trying to keep my distance from my mom, too, with the kids. So it's just a complicated act yeah. with, with the school and all that. But it's adjustment for all of us. But uh, as you said, you know, you and I are, are kind of uh, built from, from, from working out of home. So in that aspect. Uh, we're used to this. What are your homeschooling responsibilities? Are you in charge of like, like gym, are you gym class and like, I don't know what. Yeah. So we, uh, my, my wife's uh, cousins uh, is, lives across the street from us actually. So they have kids and we uh, uh, have PE class outside from across the street doing jumping jacks and, and whatnot. But awesome. I'd say my main responsibility, my main responsibility is just uh, taking care of my uh, younger son and trying to give it a little bit, some of his attention while my wife does all the hard work. I mean, honestly, my wife deserves all the credit here. Can you do like dodgeball from across the street? Is that possible? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, the street's not very busy at all. So yeah, it could get, it could be done. That's a good call. We'll have to, yeah, we're, we're going to have to introduce some other things, man, because these kids are getting stir crazy. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know how, this, I don't know if, how long this is going to still remain, but uh, yeah, the, the dodgeball is a good call. Are you, um, are you watching like a lot of throwback sports? I feel like all I've been doing basically for like, I don't know, six, seven days is just casting votes in people's fake bracket Twitter polls and like, I'm like watching 30 year old sporting events on MLB network and NBA TV and whatnot. Um, that can't be right because we're also producing a lot of content. Like we've produced a bunch of stuff so far. So please, uh, you know, continue visiting the, the fantasy site. Keep reading. Uh, I don't know. Like what are, what are your, how are you filling the time without sports? Well, you know me, I'm a TV guy. So like I've, I've delved into a lot of different TV shows, some movies I, I had missed over the past few years, but I've actually kept myself fairly busy. We're working behind the scenes, uh, getting ready to launch NFL. Um, I, I'm working on. This oh, show. hell yeah. That's happening soon. Yeah. That's happening soon. Yeah. yeah we're I suppose I can't sooner. say when exactly, but that's really soon. 
Yep, yep. And um, I've actually been working on this column for League of Leagues. I was just going to do like, you know, a recap of the draft or whatever. And it just ended up giving me an excuse to give my hot takes on on all three sports. So uh, it's turning into a beast, maybe a multi-parter that'll, that'll be put up on the site next week. So I've somehow kept myself busy but um, I'm sure it'll run out, run out of time too. I mean, the NFL free agency has not been nothing, you know. I mean, and then the drafts coming up. But um, but yeah, certainly some uh, some old sports mixed in as well too. You know, NFL free agency has been like if you're a Bears fan, let, let me tell you, NFL free agency has been pretty hot. Um, we're <laughs> we're welcoming welcoming Nick Foles uh, to the beloved Bear, uh, Jimmy Graham. Uh, a steal at two years and $16 million. So watch out. Like, I, I mean, I feel like your Niners are kind of yesterday's news. And uh, these next, certainly these next two years, the Jimmy Graham era is going to belong to the Bears. No, those are very, very exciting additions for sure. Uh, Niners trading <laughs> so away terrible. Buckner. Yeah, sure. You know, fun so fact, terrible. the Niners made the Super Bowl last year. And according to the AP, they had the most games missed by injury. Just fun fact last year. That's not, not typically not an easy thing to do. But I can understand why you'd be more excited to talk the Bears. But let, let's wait. Hey, football, baseball, basketball, it all it all takes place in this League of Leagues draft. So you end up getting the first pick. It's your first First year in the league, I've been in it since its inception, which I, I I tried to look when it started, but it's something like six, seven years. There's been, you know, a few rotating members, but the guys I mentioned up front are, have typically been in there for the long haul, except the Miz. That's more of a celebrity, re- more recent addition. And, you know, you yourself, uh, the the screenwriter, too. So so anyway, what were your thoughts, man? What were your initial impressions? Yeah, first of all, um, I'm embarrassed. To ha- like, I, I was telling you guys offline, um, the Miz um like apparently a big deal um like a couple of my cultural blind spots are going to be reality television and wrestling i got nothing for you on either subject so like the miz was a great mystery to me still the miz um is somebody who i only know as the dude who um tried to draft players already taken like seven times like that's that's his entire identity to me a few things. That is a common theme with him. And somehow, some way before basketball ended, he was on pace to win this year's, this last edition of, of the overall League of Leagues, which I don't understand how that happened. And based on his draft this year, it's not likely to happen again. But uh, Miz is uh, fun. You know, he sends the emails. Uh, I don't know if it's in character or that's really how he is, but he, you haven't witnessed it yet. But he's, he's definitely in the wrestling tone. I'm old enough to remember him from the real world and don't follow wrestling whatsoever. But yeah, and a million followers on Twitter. He actually currently has a, a real a reality show, The Miz and Mi- Mrs. Miz and Mrs. or something. But he's a fun addition. Other than yes, taking uh, holding the draft up a little bit there. But otherwise, you know, it's Saturday. We were all kind of reluctant. Should we do this? Should we not? But everyone, mostly everyone, was uh, quarantined at home and. And it seemed to me like a nice, uh, a nice distraction. I mean, what about yourself? I mean, it was pretty entertaining, right? It's pretty fun uh, trying to debate between three different sports and one big, you know, one long fantasy uh, marathon that lasted 51 rounds, 14 teams. Yeah, um, cr- crazy. I've never, like, obviously I've, I've, comp- I've competed in a lot of different fantasy formats, including a league that tried to do this like 10, 10, 10 12 years ago. Um, it lasted for a couple years and it wasn't like it wasn't as thorough as this and we did not draft all teams at once like this thing we used to i think we used to do basketball hockey where i have absolutely no background whatsoever baseball and football um and we did try to allow trades between leagues when the leagues overlapped but we didn't do it like all in one place all at one time like this you like i'll just set it up again it is a it is a 14 team 
three sport monster draft, 51 rounds. Um, we draft an eight category hoops league, a half PPR football league, a pretty deep baseball league at the same time in the same place in like a Google doc, um, which is, which is crazy, but it was like a, it's like the miracle of all Google docs created by the great, uh, Toby Mergler. He awesome commish, uh, super impressive. And like, no joke, again, the thing lasted 10 hours, which, you know, I don't know, I don't know what your longest draft experience is. Like there are, there are 50 mile ultra marathons that don't last 10 hours, right? Like there's the, uh, our producer looked up the, the baseball game of longest duration in, in major league history did not last 10 hours. It was like an eight hour game. Like this is, it's, it's an insult to the marathon to call it a marathon of a draft. It is an absolutely ridiculous draft. Literally went on for 10 hours, no breaks, all in a spreadsheet crazy. Um, you, like a lot of other people in this league are propped up by a co-owner, Chris Liss, who I believe did not, I mean, I should say you're burdened by Chris Liss. I shouldn't even call him a normal co-owner. Obviously Chris Liss is, is your cross to bear in, in this league. And you try to overcome whatever, whatever damage he tries to do to your roster. Um, I had a blast. I like, what else was I going to do on a, on a random weekend in which we can barely leave the house. Right. So like I had an absolute blast. So back in the day, about half of us would get together in person in Las Vegas, and it would be a two-day thing. So it would not it would break it up, but yeah, all in once, and it made sense. That's what I want. Be I want the remotely. in-person experience. Yeah, it with was this fun. Thing. That yeah, is what I need for sure. For sure. Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. No. I, yeah. Cousin Sal showed up to that uh, multiple times, and it, it's fun in Las Vegas. And then uh, yeah, make it a weekend thing, and that was a uh, definitely a good time. And hopefully someday that would uh, will be on the table again but uh yeah no it's uh it was uh, a marathon as you said and um yeah we should we should also say the other the other the other fun thing about this is you can make trades between like you're not restricted to making baseball trades for other baseball players like you can you can trade nba players for baseball players like all leagues are in process at once and there's a keeper aspect to it as well which just makes it a, a nightmare yeah, just six keepers. So it's, it's more of a minor aspect. But yes, if some of these picks look off, uh, we'll explain that. But yeah, eight cat, eight cat for uh, basketball uh, on base percentage instead of batting average for baseball. And oh, 0.5 half point PPR for football, which I love because every year before this, it has been zero PPR. And you are the weirdo, this champion that you hate PPR so much. So the <laughs> one year that you join, it switches to that. So I, I, I did love that fact. But man, let's get to this round one dominated by NBA, which makes sense because they're A, they impact you more than baseball players, which not only can, even the best baseball player can only impact half your categories because there's pitchers and baseball, but there are fewer roster spots, so they impact you more. And while the ultimate running back will impact your football team more, they're just so much riskier. So you unsurprisingly took James Harden with the first pick, makes sense, especially in an eight-cat league. Uh, what, the first six picks all went basketball? Giannis went second. That might be a little high with his free throw situation, but uh, yeah. talk about that. It makes sense. Six straight uh, basketball guys, and then finally McCaffrey, and then I was on the board. Yeah, so you said at the first six picks, all NBA. Eight of the first 10 were NBA. Um, 10 of the 14 players selected in the first round were basketball players. Uh, obviously for the reasons that you suggest, they just have a huge imprint on your team standing. Like a great NBA player can just impact you in ways that, that, uh, we just don't see in other sports. It's not the impact that Mike Trout has on a, on a big, deep baseball roster, right? Like you're in it, especially in a deep baseball league, your, your team is maybe more defined by your, your weakest spots than it is by its strengths. And that's just, that's just not usually the case either in football or in basketball. I will say the, the one, um, 
I, I was pretty set on Harden. Like I, I had the first pick in this thing, I had a pretty poor keeper situation overall. Like I had one solid keeper in Nick Chubb. I had Nick Chubb in the 13th round. That was an absolutely great keeper. And the rest of my keepers were just like nice player, nice value, but not anybody who's going to, you know, who's going to be the difference between winning and losing. Um, so I'd, I'd Chubb as a keeper in football. Um, I will say that the, the only other player that I considered uh, at number one was actually not an NBA player. Like I expected the first round to go basically the way it did. I, I, a little part of me, just knowing what a huge impact Christian McCaffrey had yeah. on league winners in football this year, um, like something, something like 87 or 88% of teams that drafted Christian McCaffrey made their league's playoffs. Like that is a huge impact by a single player in terms of, of winning and losing that we just don't normally see in any sport. But as you said, the, the fluctuations from one year to the next, the variability, the injury risk in, in football is just so much greater than it is in the NBA. Like I just, I just know if I draft James Harden, number one, I'm going to, I'm going to have a competitive basketball team. Um, as it, as it happened, I, you know, I was thinking going into this thing that I was then going to draft NBA again at some point, surely one of my second or third picks was going to be NBA. It didn't end up going down that way. Um, but like just the fact of owning James Harden makes you good. Um, so you were, I think the second team to not take an NBA player in the first round. Why don't you, why don't you talk about that? You guys took Saquon. I assume that was to appease Chris Liss, who's just a, a, a blind, um, giant loving NFL fan. Yeah, that's what I meant to address earlier. Liss is my uh, partner, really co-manager here in name only, my podcast partner. Um, he uh, normally is busy during tout during this, this year. You know, now he lives in Lisbon, so the time change. And he's, I pretty much, this was 100% my draft. He'll chime in a little bit, followed it online and, and, and kind of heckled me. And I'll get to that later. He asked, he texted me, who's Mitchell Robinson after I took him? And this is someone who grew up in New York and as a Knicks <laughs> fan. So this is how much of the pulse he is in on the, of the uh, NBA. So uh, no, this, is, this was my draft and I'll own it you know, win or fail. But, um, uh, so Saquon, I, I would have loved McCaffrey. He swooped one pick in front of me. So I went Barkley. I like the situation. They're coming off more of a down year. So my pick there is, you know, Mike Trout and on base percentage year or the seventh, uh, basketball player. Cause right after I take Barkley, then it goes Beal and Damian Lillard. So I zigged when everyone zagged, it is a riskier proposition there. And the other basketball players to round out that draft that are interesting Tatum. I mean, not only is he going in the first round of fantasy basketball drafts, but even in this three sport draft, he's become a first round pick my guy curry and then kevin durant was the one eye opener for me i mean he's recovering from the torn achilles has the coronavirus i mean obviously the new situation his age his mileage i mean obviously he's one of the best players if healthy but that one to me was the oh i didn't really see that coming i was thinking i might get durant uh in the second round as my as my first pick of the second round or you know i had the back-to-back with the second and third round at the at the turn there i was thinking durant might fall that far were you was he totally off the board for you in the second round that's Yes, that's what I'm saying. That was a shot. Yes, I would. Yeah, I don't. I would have taken my Kawhi Leonard that I took. I would have taken him over uh, Durant. So yeah, that, yeah. that was a shocker to me. And, and yeah, like yeah, I don't think you were crazy to expect to have that decision at the two three turn. So yeah, he went 16, 17 picks higher than you we expected. Yeah, yeah, we were we were working from and you know this is a pretty sharp group, so it, it people weren't going to get tripped up by the by the the you know player rankings that we were working from but they were pulled from fantasy pros and they had all of the injured players were like buried in the ranks at the end right Right. so like if you were in if you were in a draft with a bunch of noobs they wouldn't have seen durant at the top of the list they wouldn't have seen steph curry at the top of the list right some other guys were were buried in there so you might not have seen him 
Um, made total sense that Steph Curry, I thought, went in the first round. Tatum over Steph Curry um, was, and I mean, again, because we're this has nothing to do with like the current season that we're that we're sort of in limbo in right now. This is going to be the 2020-21 season. Um, like Tatum over Steph Curry was just an eye opener to me. I mean, Tatum's just been such such a monster, but yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, one thing, though, the Warriors really wanted to see how the, the pieces fit. This was an audition, you know, for Wiggins. So mostly the consensus, ah, it doesn't hurt a team in last. And they were going to make the playoffs. But they were going to use this final month as audition, too. So we'll see. But, yeah, healthy Curry. I mean, he was, you know, a top five pick this year with no Durant there, the usage rate. So, sure, if he comes back, uh, you got to say, you know, no matter how good Tatum is, uh, Curry's fantasy upside with all those threes. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Round two, I went Kawhi, middle, you know, 14-team league, all those uh, basketball players flew off the board. I get it. Age, you know, you think he misses some games, but the number four fantasy player in eight cat leagues per game this year. Do you know he's quietly averaging career highs in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, threes, and usage rate? Did you realize that Kawhi Leonard's averaging career highs in all those? Yeah, he's a, he, to me, he's a, now I knew I wasn't going to get any shot at Kawhi. Like somebody was definitely going to take him um, late first round, mid second round, something like that. Um, we don't, we don't know what next season in the NBA is going to look like, right? Because we don't know when this one is going to end or how it's going to end. So, like, there's still a possibility that the current season ends, like, late summer, fall, and then there's no way they can start up again in the normal timing, right? Do you, like, want, to, do you want to throw a prediction while we're at it, Andy? So, you have any yeah, idea? Like, like, I don't know. If I had to guess at what the next season is going to look like, maybe it's 60 games. Um, does that sound right? Like, is it a 55-60 game season? I have no idea. And then what would that look like for Kawhi Leonard? Um, how many would he how many would he play? What would be his impact on I don't know, maybe they would structure it in a way that there's still no, you know, three games and four nights and, and they try to minimize back to backs and it wouldn't be that bad. I have no idea. But like knowing that Kawhi is probably going to play something like three quarters of all possible games, um, maybe a little more than that. And then you put that on a truncated season. I don't know. Like it was a, it was a little bit of a worry for me, but I, he fell about as far as I thought he might in this one. Um, to me, I would like Tatum and Kawhi is, is actually really close to me. I would have Curry over both of them, but it's about as, it's about as far as I thought um, he would fall. I should, I, I also want to throw out there because of the keeper aspect of this league, um, three guys who I'm fairly sure are going to be selected in the first two rounds. Uh, Luca, Trey Young and Zion Williamson all were kept in this thing. Yeah. So like they're, yeah. they're kept like middle of the draft. So we're kind of omitting them from this. Um, where, do, where do you think those guys, by the way, where do you think they slot in next season? Yeah. Well, one thing I'll do, so right after I took Kawhi, guys like Chris Stapps and Paul George went. I mean, two guys with question marks themselves for sure as far as basketball. But yeah, Zion was a keeper in, in round three in this league, which is, I don't know, man. He needs to play, start getting some defensive stats for him to live up to that in this format here, but yeah. certainly capable of it. I mean, the guy just proved he's such the real deal as a scorer. I'm just so in on Zion. I hope he can stay healthy, uh, you know, and hold up because he he's he looks like a guy who, like LeBron, not only lived up to the hype, but possibly surpass it. And fantasy-wise, the defensive stats were come. But yeah, the other other guys, Trey Young would have been, you know, he would have been the first rounder here. He would have been, yeah, before yeah. Durant or, or, or Tatum in them. So, so are we, so, um, Trey, Trey Young and Luca both before, uh, Brad Beal, right? Like for sure. Yes, yes, yes. For me, how yes. about, how well, about especially John two? Wall coming back possibly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So let's look at the first. So it's, it goes Harden, Giannis, AD, LeBron, Towns, uh, Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Uh, do those two slot in there? Like for me, they're probably both right around Jokic. there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right around there. Yeah. 
you could nitpick that. But yeah, that, that makes sense to me totally. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then and then Zion for me, probably in the middle of round two. Yeah. And then, okay, so round three, just a couple I wanted to highlight. that the, the People are, understand that John Collins is a real deal. He was one of the next guys yeah. to fly off the board here, and that was totally I'm in on that. Same with Aiton. Um, I just want to point out that the, the Miz went LeBron James, Francisco Lindor, and then Andre Drummond round three. And he just also happens to be from Cleveland. I just want to point out the, the small theme <laughs> of, that, of, that, of that start. There's no coincidence there. And now here, a couple, couple highlights to this. One we'll get to soon, but I did like that you passed. Where did, what was your decision here? Was it uh, was it at two and three? No, no, was it? Well, you passed up uh, your guy, Zach Levine, right? What, what, what happened to him? Oh, that was so, yeah, that was painful. I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack to that. Um, okay, so I, again, as, as I mentioned earlier, I had hoped that, uh, that KD would fall to me uh, at, as my like final pick of round two, right? Didn't happen. He went late in round one. That was the that was the hope. And then in the second round, I started seeing some guys that, you know, you start whatever. When you're at one end of a draft, you, you just, you know, it's too early to fill the queue. But you you have certain players in mind and you're watching them fall. You're watching them fall and they just don't quite get there. Right. So I was actually thinking about Mookie Betts. I'm looking at round two now. I was thinking about Joel Embiid, hoping for somebody like Russell Westbrook. Didn't get any of them. Um, all the NBA, NBA guys flew off the board that I, that I might've wanted, um, with my, with my pick in round two, I had been thinking going into this thing since like the one solid keeper that I had was, was Nick Chubb. And I I felt like I had a little bit of an edge in, uh, in the NFL already. I was thinking, uh, that I was gonna, that I was gonna hammer the NFL pretty early. And so instead of going NBA again, like the best players available to me in round two would have been Donovan Mitchell. He's great. Um, John Collins, he's great. Go bear all good options. Um, but I went, but I went back to back DeAndre Hopkins and Tyree kill in, uh, in rounds two and three, I'd already kept a couple of wide receivers, but they're not like upper tier wide receivers. Right. So I locked that down. I had Nick Chubb. And then in round four, um, I came right back with Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then I thought I would pivot back to, to NBA. So I basically, I wanted to lock down, like, as I was thinking of this, given the, the sort of keeper landscape and how it wasn't great for me, I was thinking, man, I, I, the two players that I know I'm going to have going into this thing that are real difference makers are James Harden and, uh, and uh, Nick Chubb. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build out those teams and I'm going to try to make a run at winning those two leagues separately. And then we'll just see. We'll just see how, how well I can do in uh, baseball. Because I just, my keepers were so bad in baseball. Um, I, I, I just felt like I was going to, I was going to let that one go and try to finish middle of the pack there and try to really, try to really ace the other two. Um, I think I probably did better in the NFL than I did in the NBA, but I feel pretty good about both of them. Um, that I waited all the way actually until round seven uh, to take Jonathan Isaac as my as my next NBA player. I was a little bummed to see Zach Levine go. Well, I was proud to see Zach Levine go in uh, in round four. He was like I was eyeing him. Um, in fact, as I, I I'm revisiting the draft as we go through this right now, Jimmy Butler flies off the board. Zach Levine flies off the board. I had been hoping to get either one of those players as my fourth round draft pick, but I, you know, I kind of settled for Travis Kelsey in the end. What did you, what did you think about the price for Zach? I thought it was, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fair. I think, I think that's yeah, probably I where it goes. Was, yeah. I think, for some reason I always call him Levine. Sorry, but Levine is uh, I texted you and you wrote back, Hey, people are really buying all that bulls hype for 2021. Which I laughed. 
<laughs> um, but so no, no, that was definitely a fair price. I thought, yeah, I thought you would have na- needed to take him. Where the where the the basketball players were going off the board, I thought you would have had to t- pull the trigger there. And I can't blame you with Hopkins and Terry Kill. Although I personally went with Devonte Adams right afterward, and I have him, them him ranked above your two receivers. But we'll be interesting to see what D Hop does in Arizona for sure. The upside uh, super high, and I had to also get stay on brand with Adams. Chris List noted Adams hater, so I had to uh, make a point <laughs> of uh, of drafting him on this team. So you know that it was just me doing the 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 picks there, but. Yeah, that was uh, exciting to see Levine go there and, and, and put you a little on tilt. Uh, Kyrie Irving was another uh, pick, I believe, that round. Where, where are you sitting with him, man? That whole situation in Brooklyn next year is just going to be uh, fascinating to watch, watching Kenny Atkinson say, basically say good luck on the way out. Yeah, um, Kyrie goes right after um, Zach Levine and Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton. He goes just ahead of Jamal Murray. Um, I guess it's the spot that he's going to go. I just, I don't, I feel like I'm not going to get Kyrie in any leagues. Like it's going to be one of those situations where if he's the, if he's the next name in queue at point guard, number one, I'm probably already going to have a point guard. And number two, I'm probably going to pivot to another position. Um, this is at this point, this is a, you know, he's not, he's not a young player anymore. He has a pretty significant injury history and multiple worrisome injuries to different body parts, right? Like I'm, I'm just not. I don't know, like if, if I'm expressing some worry about how many games I'm going to get out of out of uh, Kawhi Leonard, who is ostensibly healthy, um, I don't feel like I'm getting much more than a half season, 50 game. You know, if they play a 60 game season, how many am I getting out of Kyrie? 35. Um, it, it wouldn't be enough for me to take him in the top 30. I'm with you. He's not going to be on any of my teams. Um, let's get to round five. I take Miles Sanders. Uh, we can, whatever, no Jordan I lo- Howard. I, loved it. I, I, I think he's loved okay. It. You like, Liss actually said it was a horrible reach and he did not. This is the pick he disliked the most. Um, so you didn't actually <laughs> like that. I wasn't, I wasn't sure how genuine you were, but you text me right afterward and say, I cannot believe you took Sanders over Andrew Wiggins. And I'm pretty sure you're doing this sarcastically and minutes have I passed. totally was. I totally okay, you're was. Do- okay, a couple minutes go by. And Adam Rank and James Coe take directly after me, wait for it, Andrew Wiggins. Of all three sports, I mean, there were that, I mean, it wasn't exactly Wiggins' time for the NBA screaming at you, too. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm on board as a, as a Warriors, he's the real deal, and I love it. It's a steal for them here, but pretty funny. I mean, you just text me privately and all this, and they, they of all the players available, they take him directly one pick after me, and then the next pick after that goes Clay Thompson. So my Warriors getting their proper respect. I, I got to say, I don't like I have no idea what kind of NBA fan Adam Rank is. I know he's a huge Angels fan. Right. Obviously, he's a, a wonderful football analyst, really funny guy, great guy, all that. Um, I know James Coe follows the NBA and I am shocked they took Wiggins there. Like <laughs> Wiggins. Ahead, OK, here. Not, it's not just yeah. taking him ahead of Clay Thompson. Here's here's the the next several NBA players to go in this thing. Um, ben Simmons, Clay Thompson, ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I'll stop when I get to a player that I would have, uh, that I would have taken behind Andrew Wiggins, Tobias Harris. Um, how dare you? I took Chris Paul. I took Chris Paul. Oh yeah. You took, of course, Chris Paul should go ahead of (laughs) of Andrew Wiggins. Like that's insane to me. I was, I was actually kind of like, you kind of got me with a couple of picks there because I was actually thinking about Miles Sanders at the top of round five where I took Bryce Harper. That's just a ridiculous thing to say, taking Bryce Harper ahead of, uh, Miles, whatever. Um, but I was thinking about him there, like Miles Sanders, as we speak, is the, is the near full workload guy for Phil. Like they're probably going to add somebody. Um, but super talented player, going to be a full workload guy or close to it for the Eagles. Was that just like Liss hating Philly or 
does he really not feel that that Miles Sanders? I mean, Miles Sanders is definitely a round five pick in this setup. Just him being a poor evaluator of talent. I mean, they have the best <laughs> run blocking t- unit in the league too. I mean, he's crazy. I mean, watch the. I don't know if he's not watch. I don't. Know, he needs to watch the tape. I don't know what his problem is, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what his. I, I have no defense for for him, like many areas of life. But this, okay, Chris Paul. I like. I liked him there. A boring veteran, you know, but quietly, you know. I mean, just still super productive. But yes, Paul and Kawhi. You know, I, I typically am more of a, of a young upside guy, so that's not... But, you know, you give what the draft takes you. Um, but the end of this round, 6-7, your turn, two of my guys. Clayton Kershaw, whom I have ranked like sixth on uh, my starting pitcher board, super high based on the market. And then Jonathan Isaac. I admit a couple of those that you aforementioned injured guys that you forgot. That's the one area of my homework that I lackadaisical, uh, you know, too, too, too lackadaisical with. Great job, Jonathan Isaac. My guy there could be even a keeper. He was such a monster. So well done there, swooping me. Yeah, we don't we don't have to make it about, I mean, it's fine. We want to make this about me making great picks round after round after round. But like Jonathan Isaac is not going to go, I think among all NBA players here, he went something like 39 um, in this draft. And there's, there's just no way he goes 39 next year, right? Like that's not happening. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. right afterward too. I love the, the, back-to-back outside I, hoops you know what got, you know what got me here and you can you can verify the fact that uh as soon as you picked chris paul i believe i messaged you that uh, i was going to make two mind-blowing yes. picks that you were going to yeah. absolutely love um i got so hung up on the fact that you would love it if i took kershaw that <laughs> i like i was thinking about taking Those jonathan Isaac and guys, jaron jackson because yeah. yeah. i love jaron jackson and i I actually, I know enough of uh, Bon Tomps that I know he really, really likes him too. So I, I was like, right. I, man, he's going to get two cracks at him. He's definitely going to take him. So I knew I was losing Jaron Jackson there, but I just got too hung up on the idea that it could really make you mad if I, if I took Kershaw. Good. Continue to rent space in your, in your head. I love it. Um, did I, did I tell around. you that I, I actually immediately traded Kershaw. Do you know that? I've already made yeah, a trade I don't, in this Yeah, league. you told me that. No, I did. what was the trade? Let's hear it. I traded him for uh, Rendon. We'll get to the uh, reasons that I needed to add a third baseman later, gotcha. but uh, I okay. did. All right, I so, so I went, a guy I've been hyping here on this pod, Robert Covington, you know, in Houston, been a monster. Um, but I have to say, especially because I ran out of assists later after Paul, I should have taken Lonzo Ball here. It was just a flat-out mistake. I, I regret it. Um, I, I like Covington. I like my sneaky, the Kawhi, Chris Paul, Covington, the eight-cat sneaky guys, but I should have taken uh, the ball, man. He's going to be a monster. It was a flat-out. It was my biggest regret of, of the draft, and obviously he wasn't going to come back either. I made a couple gambles there. They may or may not come back. This one, I just straight-up made the decision, and I, I regretted it almost immediately. Do you, so do you feel like where Ball went here – um, and there's, man, there's probably a lot to unpack with ball because his last month has been great. Like his, his last, I don't know, maybe it's more than a month. Maybe it's like four to six weeks, uh, before the, the season, uh, abruptly halted it. Like it's been pretty legit. And he was somebody that I didn't really want to touch coming into the year. Um, he's been great. So he, he went, uh, I think 44th among NBA players here. Do you think that's about right? He's a top 15. He was the 15th player after the All-Star break, over nine games and nine cat leagues. Um, yeah, I would say even a little higher. Like I said, I should have taken him above Covington, a couple other picks, I, I think. With two. So no, I'm going to be aggressive with him. I get it. We don't know how the, all the pieces are going to fit together, but this is a guy with the talent and the light bulb is switched on. So I'm a full, I'm full on in on, on Lonzo. So like first seven or eight rounds, um, who did you think was the biggest, the biggest reach of the draft? Oh man, Good other question. than Miles, uh, San- other than Miles Sanders, other than Miles Sanders, um, 
Man, I don't know. KD in round one really was the guy that jumped out to me. Um, I, 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 that was the one. It's such an early draft capital, too. Did, did you have anyone? Who did you think? Um, I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned KD because, again, I was thinking about him in round two. And I, I think the other thing about KD is that... Um, but your again, round two a, would have been 19 picks later, to be clear. Right, too, You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There, there's, just a, there's just such a strong possibility that the league starts later um next year and i don't know like we, we were talking about it in last week's show it could start as late as christmas um we don't we're just guessing we're just guessing it's not news there's nothing like um there's no uh hard information behind that but it's gonna start late presumably if they're able to finish this one um and that that would help kd right like that's more recovery time that's um like a later start is going to be beneficial to guys like him to guys like clay thompson so i think that's only I think that's only helpful to him. So that one didn't really get me. Um, I feel I, like that I was a was trap a- to try to get me to say Wiggins, this question. You were just entrapping me to try to say Wiggins. <laughs> I actually, I think Wiggins is the obvious call here. Yeah, I was, I was, in, okay, fully called me out on that. I, I, I think Andrew Wiggins is the obvious call here. I, it's still a head scratcher to me. Um, I love that it happened before you had a chance to get him, but I don't know that you would have even taken, would you have taken him in round six? Um, yeah, I don't know if I, let me see who is there. No, I, I would have taken Paul. No, I would have taken Paul. Over no, you'd have Paul over Wiggins, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, was, it was aggressive. Yeah. It was, it yeah, was plenty yeah. aggressive. It was aggressive. All right. Okay. All right. Moving on here. You, um, you had Miles Turner in round nine, which I like. Capella was an interesting one there. We'll see how he fits in his new surroundings. You know, it's with the, uh, hopefully the healed, uh, plantar fasciitis, but, uh, Capella, I we here, should, we should say went to Funston and Evans. Uh, yes. Okay. Right. Right. Good call. Um, you took. Mark Ingram here. Just have to say, uh, I like my Justice Hill pick 35 rounds later, but uh, we can talk more hoops here. I don't want to don't want to make you feel too bad of your, your mistakes. in the. No, other I do like so, Justice I mean, Hill. Like, I feel like we should work out a trade on this pod and I have Mark Ingram. So I feel like you should probably trade me Justice Hill. Yeah, you you would you would want him, the young the younger guy. But don't want to talk about Miles Turner at all. Uh, I mean, it's a good pick there. Obviously, going far later than he went in drafts, you know, uh, way later year. than he went. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I'll. You know, I, I took him in a lot of drafts this year, and, and you basically had to take him depending on where you slotted uh, uh, in the draft, third round, fourth round. He hasn't, I, I don't feel like he's been a massive disappointment to me. And we know the blocks are going to be there. We know you're getting threes from a big man spot. Um, shooting percentage isn't going to be terrible. Like you get defensive goodies. I don't know, like getting him in round nine here. I don't even, I don't even know what number player he was in this thing. Probably was he 50 ish, something like that. Um, Felt like a pretty good value on Miles Turner. Again, a guy who like has been healthy. I know it's a weird fit next to next to Sabonis, but uh, that that felt like a bit of a steal to me. He's not like I'm going to have a the one the one area where I'm going to have a problem um, on my NBA roster is going to be is going to be rebounding. Um, and he's not like you know I don't I don't have that guy who's like a like a twelve thirteen board a night player. And I I didn't assemble enough players who are like seven eight boards a night so that's going to be like the one weakness uh, that i have i think uh i think nba wise all right speaking of underrated big men i'm going to jump ahead to the 12th round i grabbed the aforementioned mitchell robinson when Liz texted me who's that uh dude he was providing third round <laughs> fantasy value after the all-star break shooting 79 percent like he grew up in new york and he grew up a knicks fan but yeah the guy he just doesn't pay attention to the nba i think only time is is when nick whalen calls in and his we or, or dre calls in on the xm segments and you can tell you know, yeah he's not, <laughs> he's not really uh following it too much but yeah dude 79.1 percent mitchell robinson shooting from the field since the all-star break 
Uh, he was doing that as a off the bench third round fantasy value. So one could assume that he's going to uh, become a starter next year when they figure this out. Uh, I believe cleaning the glass has him the 99th uh, percentile in their true shooting percentage. 21 years old, he blocks what 3.6 per for 36 for his career or something. Yeah. So this has keeper written all over it for me too. His age and and I like him in the 12th round in this 14 team where I got. And I'm going to just throw some other names out. You mentioned what you want. Round 13, felt like the tequila may have been starting to kick in for Evans, took in Nurkic there. <laughs> I mean, I like Nurkic. Was, was, was definitely has his upside. And maybe it was just, again, another injury guy off my radar. But coming off I, such a I will serious say they injury. Took him, they took him quick, too. They took him, like, right on the heels. I'm, I'm looking at the way this would have gone Ahead of marketing, like, your Wheeler, guy. Ahead of marketing, and Aaron went Gordon. right ahead of him. And then they filled in the name Yusuf Nurkic, like, immediately as as Wheeler was being filled in. They couldn't wait to take him. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Right, right. And then and then after and then after he went, marketing went, and then you took Aaron Gordon. So that was an aggressive Nurkic pick for me. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got to say, Bulls fan and all, um, it, it felt, I don't know. I wasn't even thinking of Markkanen yet. Like he went, uh, who did he get, who drafted him? So he went after Evans uh, Feldman. Um, like to me, Markkanen is still, I don't know. Like I, I was kind of interested in Wendell Carter a little bit later on, but Markkanen yeah. is, is just kind of an empty points guy to me. Like it's points and threes and he doesn't even shoot like a stellar percentage from three point range. I've been Overall, as a Bulls fan, I have to say I'm I'm more than mildly disappointed by Larry Markin into this point. I thought it was I don't know I I was never going to take him. Makes sense. Aaron Gordon, I kind of like where you got him there though. That was a, a nice nice upside one. Yeah, prices in like I, I was becoming aware of the fact that I had ignored uh, rebounds to a to an unnerving extent, and I get I get a little bit of that there. You get you know I, everybody kind of knows what you get with Aaron Gordon when he's healthy you're getting a nice little all category contributor, not a, not a star necessarily in any one way, but um, a fun watch and a guy who's going to contribute in basically all categories for you. Yeah. So after my boring old veteran ones, I kind of been started to swing for the fences, more ritual Robinson, but also DeJounte Murray. And I later paired him with Derek White. I needed a shooting guard. I don't know how that's exactly going to work, but Murray, I don't know. The, the minutes have been obviously a struggle and all that, but um, I don't know. I still think there's just a ton of upside there. We're talking round 19, same round you took uh, Bojan Bogdanovich uh, from Utah, and Wendell Carter Jr. went later that round as well, too. So uh, an eventful round 19. Yeah, I feel like I should have. Uh, I probably should have taken. Did I have a shot at Wendell there? Yeah, I did have a shot at Wendell. I should have taken him. I definitely should have taken him because Bogdanovich is going to be, he's obviously kind of an empty calories, uh, points and points and threes guy who does literally nothing else uh, other than points and threes. So it seemed to me at the moment that I needed to shore up threes, but I don't know. I had Harden. When you've got James Harden, you probably are, are never really starved for threes. And I was able to get threes later in the draft too. I took Duncan Robinson late. I took like, I don't know, but I can, I can probably deal Bogdanovich. What's the what's the trade between us? It sounds like you're desperate to add Bogdanovich. What kind of offer are you making me? Yeah, I don't know. You're you're offering all. You're funny. You're calling. <laughs> not only do you offer me a, uh, you did the the rare thing. You offer me a trade. I reject it, and then you offer me from the same starting same position a different starting pitcher that I took nine rounds earlier in the draft. So you said, oh no, he's rejecting this. Now I'm gonna offer someone that he took earlier. So you give me a hard time for my lack of trading, but when it comes with that nonsense, I'm putting the 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 the, the onus directly on Cerberus. Uh, what about round 22? 
Draymond Green, my homer pick. I think he's definitely going to bounce back. The Warriors are going to be full, you know, full throttle, less games sitting out. Uh, have to say directly afterward, though, Blake Griffin, another one of those guys, injured guys. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Maybe the more upside, maybe that would have been smarter to go Griffin there. Yeah, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know how to price Griffin at all. Because um, I don't, I don't know, do you, like, to what extent do you feel that he is, I don't know, if I put the over-under on his games played next year at, again, we, let's assume an 82-game yeah. season, because um, we don't know how long the year is going to be. If I put um, the over-under at, like, 51, is he playing more than that? Yeah, I know. No, I mean, no, I'm, I, he's burned me so many times, too. That's why I've just put... I don't know. At that point, maybe it was a good gamble in round 22 in this, around the Draymond time, you know, buying low on Draymond. It seemed like an, an, an all right gamble there. But yes, I, you can't rely on him whatsoever to stay even moderately healthy, Blake Griffin. Um, one of the interesting aspects of this thing is that we, and you would have to explain this because you've been through the process before, but there is a supplemental draft for um, incoming rookies, right? Like none of none of the um, none of the rookie class like in the NFL or the NBA was available in this draft. There's a there's a supplemental draft for that, and we could actually draft the spot in which we wanted to pick in that supplemental draft. Like it, and you and I took the same approach, which is just to wait to the very end of the draft and take the last spots. Um, I I felt like I couldn't place a, a huge priority on it. I hated my keepers coming into this thing again, other than Chubb. So. I was just too focused on building out rosters for this season that I that I barely gave it a thought. So last year that pick went uh, in the late fifth round. That's the aforementioned Zion Williamson now kept in the yeah, third. Yeah, no, notably it, was, it was the Zion pick. Yeah, exactly. So that's why someone took this pick in the fifth round and then now end up keep keeping Zion in the third round. So this year it didn't go into the eleventh round. So it just shows there's no hyped rookie NBA or NFL running back, you know, coming in at all. So and then you and I waited literally until I, I the, the last round, round fifty one, I believe, to, to yeah. fill that out. So very different. It just depends on the incoming rookie class. Uh, or at least the hype surrounding it. But yeah, the Zion effect was felt strongly last year and it just shows how much different this year, uh, the, the excitement among the youngsters coming in. Let me know, let me know where you have uh, buyer's remorse. Any, any deep regrets from this draft? It's just thousand percent the uh, the Lonzo Ball man. I mean, I like Covington a lot, but I think Ball is just going to be a monster, and especially even my my team fit uh, that was uh, frustrating. Also, I gambled uh, Malik Beasley right around twenty five or twenty six. I was uh, more toward one end. I gambled that he would come back, and I lost. And I needed a shooting yeah. guard, as I said, Derek White specifically too. I know that he's not going to keep up this pace. Twenty one points, three and a half threes since Minnesota, but. Uh, he was really good. He's one other guy that was very, very frustrating for me. I believe you got OG and Anobi that same round, same my round. guy, yeah. whom I dropped this year, then was a monster after. So that was kind of a frustrating round. I remember just being like, oh, I could have had, you know, those guys addressed uh, with basketball. And then one, one other thing I will point out is RJ Barrett in round 28. Uh, that guy was ranked 323 yeah. in, in nine cat leagues and 259 in eight cat leagues. I get that they're going to, he can improve, young players do, but man, the Knicks are probably going to add some pieces too. Um, who was RJ Barrett? Uh, actually, to look up who, who did that one, but that one jumped out at me as uh, a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Barrett was not on my radar then. It's interesting that you brought up um, like that round 25, 26 range because that's where, like, if there's, if there's one area that I, that I regret um, round 25, I had taken Mitch Garver um, who like was, was kind of an end of tier catcher at that point, felt fine about it. Um, and I was thinking I would come back with a starting pitcher because I was a little light on starting pitcher beyond Kershaw. I actually, I took, 
I took Shohei Otani as well, which is a really fun player because I believe in this format he can toggle between utility right. and starting pitcher. So I'm, I, I have not had that, that fantasy experience yet, and I'm ready for it. Um, but all of this, like literally all of the starting pitchers that I was looking at just began to fly. Um, and it began with uh, uh, Marquez and then Robbie Ray. I, I literally have Lance McCullers in almost every baseball draft that I've done. I didn't get him here. He went off the board. Maeda went off the board. Odorizzi went off the board. And I, I had like all these guys like ready to go, um, queued up, ready to go. And then I ended up taking uh, Ananobi because I just hated all the starting pitchers left. And that's like the the one hole that I left myself with uh, across any roster. Like I, I feel like my... I feel like my batters in in the baseball league are going to be great, and I feel like I can I can compete in almost every hitting category, pretty much every hitting category. I think I'm really solid. Um, my my pitching is just um, it's it's just a minefield. It's just terrible. And then I you know I only had one starting pitcher that was any good at the end of it, and I immediately traded him for Anthony Rendon. Um, so like I I just got nothing. I'm just going to have to pile up like wins and Ks and just punt like three categories, which can't possibly work. It's funny you bring up McCullers because I remember now the one pick that I made that list demanded was Mark Melanson, even though I already had two closers. I like, need the veteran closer. So Mal- I think he's like so into NFBC too. It's like we don't, it's just one league. It's not an overall. Yeah. Anyway, so they have Melanson and I passed up not only Malik Beasley, but also McCullers and they both were gone for my next pick. And I liked both those guys a lot. So when RJ Barrett went, by the way, is when I took in round 28, I took Larry Nance. And to me, like that, that's the upside, man. He was a top 30 fantasy player during his 10 starts this year. And like, why are, why is love going to be there? There's no way he's going to be there. So I like the, the Robinson Murray's and Nance guys that I got later. Oh, and even the next round on 29, uh, you need to defend yourself with Garland. He's kind of like a uh, RJ Barrett uh, was outside of the top 200 and eight cat leagues this year. Again, can be better. Um, I've taken Thomas Bryant, man. That guy was, I looked up his ADP just to be sure. It's like in the fifth or sixth round. His ADP in Fantasy Pros was ahead of Hassan Whiteside and Bam Adebayo yeah. this year. So go ahead and give me Thomas Bryant if he's fully recovered from, maybe the foot thing will be a career ender or whatever. But if not, I mean, boy, that seemed like a profit there for me. Um, Darius Garland has been like a, kind of an eye test guy for me. Um, I, I really enjoy watching him. And that one of the things that I like about that team is it's just two guys um, taking turns, right? It's basically, um, obviously, Nance gets his to an extent and Love gets his, but it's pretty much Colin Sexton and Darius Garland taking turns when, when they're both healthy. Um, I think Garland's really talented. And you start thinking about like, I don't know, got, like guys make big leaps. I feel like more with Garland, I will say, than I do with uh, with Barrett. Um like Garland was looking really good in that last month or so before he was. before he, he uh, yeah before he developed injury issues and and missed some games before the season halted. Um, I feel like he's got a chance to make like a pretty significant leap. Um, I, like I was starting to you start to balance like what your roster actually needs with the possibility that you'll end up keeping a player. Um, I, I, that's just a that's just a case where you know the handful of times that I've seen him play this year, it's been it's been really solid, and I think he could develop into something. Yeah, I uh, criticized those. I liked your next turns even uh, maybe better than your previous two, but Duncan Robinson and then Cesar, <laughs> Cesar Hernandez, sneaky in an on-base league. Um, just a, a couple to touch on still. Uh, Marquise Chris, I got my guy in round 34. Um, love since he you know, converted that two-way uh, contract into Stanford standard. He's just looked so much more comfortable. I think he'll be their starting center entering next year. Then some keeper guys I had to point out that I like you got. Uh, AJ Puck. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. in round uh, 37, a possibility. And Cam Reddish was swooped in round 38. That's actually one of like the three that I remember that I, I, wait, I took Josh James in round 37, waited, the guy that you tried to trade for later, and Cam yeah, like Reddish. That. 
uh, was swooped on me in 38. I was very, very upset about that. He looked very different the final, the, the last month we saw him playing than he did the previous. And I, I'm a believer in his fantasy value, too. Some guys' games don't translate. It appears his will. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Cam Reddish in the final, and I don't know that it was like a full month or anything, but it was certainly the the final weeks before the stoppage um, just looked absolutely fantastic. And he's, it's funny, I, I feel like the first guest we had on this pod was Ricky O'Donnell, and he talked about um, how much other players respect Cam Reddish and like Cam Reddish. And all of the results that we've had, basically his entire Duke career, and then almost everything that we've seen up until like recent weeks in the NBA it was just kind of meh, you know, not the shooter that you expected him to be, not not the overall player that you expected him to be. And then all of a sudden, like, it really showed in the last, I, I, I don't know how many weeks it was, if it was two or three, but yeah, uh, he's looked absolutely great. I was pretty excited to drop Michael Porter Jr. where I did. Um, I've been looking at him for a little while. It's, I don't even know what it's going to look like next year. Um, and obviously he was injured at the, you know, uh, for long stretches of this season, like annoyingly long, like he'd have, what sounded like a minor ankle thing. And then he would miss like a month of playing time. Right. Like that was annoying. It feels like, feels like injuries are going to dog him for a long time, but what a talented player when he's actually on the floor, just in terms of points, rebounds. Um, like even if he's only playing 15 minutes, um, he's getting shots up. I love that. Um, I just love everything about his game. And you start looking at some of the, some of the players who are probably no longer in Denver next year. Um, I believe Paul Millsap gone. Um, so that's going to, that's going to lead to a natural opportunity for Porter. Definitely. I like it. Um, I grabbed Terrence Ross in round 40. He was a 19th ranked player, nine cat leagues, uh, 10 games in the second half. He actually hit like 3.33s in the second half last year since coming to Orlando. Former lottery pick. Seems to me like a guy who's probably I bought high and will end up regretting that one. Uh, I want to point out round 41, we both uh, had quarterbacks to fill. My football team's just ridiculously loaded. But you took Brady, who I was going to take later that round. I settled for Daniel Jones, uh, another Giants guy for Liss, who, who I like, whom I like maybe even more as far as fantasy because he runs. But you got Brady on your team. That could be fun seeing what he does in Tampa with those receivers. So little jealous of you there. And uh, speaking of the Porters, Kevin Porter Jr., the very next pick was swoop for me, liked him in round 42. Yeah, I'm going to say your football team is good. It's uh, it's Barkley, Kenyon Drake. I'm just going to read it all down right now. Devontae Parker, Devontae Adams. Uh, dueling Devontae's, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Terry McLaurin, great player. Mark Andrews, Miles Sanders, uh, the New England defense. Yeah, I feel like I have the prohibitive favorite. I, th- I feel like I'm still the prohibitive favorite uh, among the NFL teams. Yeah, like it's, it's good. Hard. You're a... You're a solid second place team, but come on. I'm starting either Wentz or Brady at quarterback. I've got Chubb. I've got Ingram, um, Marquise oh, Brown, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, the Bears defense, which could easily be the number one defense next year, uh, having added Quinn. I mean, I, I feel like I just I feel like I just slaughtered this entire draft in, in terms of NFL. Like they should they should probably crown me now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't go quite that far. I like my Mark Andrews without Hayden Hurst there. You do have Kelsey. So you did have a run, a quarterback already, I see. But uh, yes, it looks like your football team looks formidable. But good thing. You know, I tried. I came out of this draft absolutely loaded with football last year. And uh, it looked like, you know, just an all-star team. It didn't even make the playoffs. So football can be very, very volatile in the head-to-head uh, deal and all that. And um, so we shall see. But um Man, anything else to uh, final thoughts? I got DeAnthony Melton in round. That was my last pick because of the sub. Oh, I like that I like a lot. Him. You know, we'll I, see if I will he, uh... say there were no there were no kept players in the final round in round fifty one. I think that my final round pick round fifty one. I think I may end up keeping him. Um, I took Sam Hilliard. 
I think there's a chance oh, nice. that Sam Hilliard, who was like a 30-20 guy in the minors, um, now a Colorado outfielder, I think I may have a shot at a keeper. Also going in round 51 was Hayden Hurst, um, which yeah. I thought was a which I thought was a great call, who might end up getting kept by Buntoms. Oh yeah, all Atlanta does is yeah, you leave Hooper, they just throw to the that position in the red zone for sure. But man, what a fun draft. Hopefully it was mildly entertaining to listen to different sports. I highly recommend it. Listen to Andy trying to trade, like I said, Brett Gardner for Nathan Evaldi, which was such a steal. And then he after I reject it, uh then he I comes feel like back I should make Josh one more James, who I took nine rounds before Evaldi. So that's such an interesting strategy to aim higher after the rejection. Well, I was I was floored by you rejecting the Gardner for Avaldi, um, which was just an obvious win win, and you were clearly getting the superior fantasy asset. Um, I feel like I feel like I should take one more shot at making a trade. Like making a trade with Dalton Dildon is a is a near impossibility. It almost never happens. Dalton has traded like three times in the last fifteen years. It never happens. But I'm gonna take one more shot at it. Um, like, give me somebody for Tony Watson. I don't. I have one guy who's oh. gonna get saves. Um, I, like, there's no point in having one guy who's going to get saves. Just take him off my hands. Give no, me I, there's it's limited bench spots. Uh, and I already told you I have to have Melanson as my third closer. It's overkill because of lists. I don't need another one. I don't need I don't need a fourth closer here. So it's just not going to work. It, it, you're, I may be unreasonable, but until your deals become a little bit more uh, reasonable. I'm, gotta, I'm literally trying to give you a useful player. I'm just I'm just giving him away. Yeah, I don't know. Jonathan Isaac obviously has my intrigue. We'll uh, we'll have to talk the phones behind behind the stage here. But I am glad that you're in the League of Leagues. Uh, what an insane ten hour marathon! Um, I clearly dominated. Uh, I like that you actually honestly <laughs> think that you may have as good of a football team. That you it seems to me like I thought you were joking at first, but it sounds to me like you're actually serious. You think your team may be better? Well, I'll happy to place any sort of weight no, on I've, that I've, you would like. I've already ordered the championship gear. I'm definitely winning the, I'm clearly I'm winning the football league. Um, I, I feel like I'm, I don't, I don't know. I haven't even scouted uh, the other favorites in the NBA, uh, but I have a shot there. I'm clearly winning the football league. I'm clearly the class of the football league. There's no question about that. Um, but I think, I think you might have a shot at a podium finish. That's something. Can we just have sports now, please? That's all I ask. Seriously. Man, I like her. Uh, Mark Cuban said, uh, you know, the over under June 1st, uh, that's optimistic, better than nothing. So, I don't know, man, but please, please. I also, I'm, like, back. I'm glad you brought that up. I don't think Mark Cuban is somebody who would just spit sunshine yes, right. to, to right. try to make people happy. I mean, he's been like, he's been, a first of all, a wonderful follow throughout this uh, crisis. He's generally a good follow on social media anyway, but he's been tremendous in the last uh, month or so. And I don't, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think he's just trying to please people by throwing out the under on June 1st. I, I thought that For was, sure. uh, he, he's certainly a realist. Um, and I thought that was really encouraging. There's been, I don't know, there's been a lot of bad news, not only around the NBA, but around the world basically lately. But um, a, a bit of good news coming out of the NBA, not only the Cuban thing, um, Ste- your your guy, Steph Curry, is actually hosting an Instagram, Instagram yes. uh, interview with Dr. Fauci, Fauci today, which I think yeah. is awesome. Yeah. That's totally. going to reach people who probably are not normally hearing from Dr. Fauci, like many of us are on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, what else? Christian Wood apparently fully recovered from the virus yeah. already, which is which is great. Um, I don't know about Donovan Mitchell, but he appears to just be on Twitch all the time, so I, I, he must be feeling okay. And uh, we we also learned in the last few days that uh, Charles Barkley does not have it. Uh, that, that came out from, uh, Turner sports. So that was, that was good to hear. Hope Charles is feeling okay. Um, so I don't know, a little, little bit of good news around the, around the NBA. No, I'm with you as far as Cuban is not just throwing that out there flippantly. So that's why, yeah, that's why I brought it up partially. It's a, it's, it's a little bit encouraging for sure, but yeah, no, 
it's a weird, scary time. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, like I said, man, I just want to see some sports. We will, of course, be back next Thursday. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit of uh, NBA fr- fresh NBA news to talk about. In the meantime, subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. You can follow us on Twitter. He is at Dalton Deldon. I am at Andy Barons. Or follow the at Yahoo Fantasy account. Also, uh, next Monday, I believe I'm going to guest on the uh, on the Fantasy Baseball Podcast with, uh, with Scott Pianowski. Looking forward to that. Also, if you need a little more hoops content in your life, uh, there's the Yahoo's Posted Up podcast. That's still going strong. Chris Haynes recently chatted with Quinn Cook and Colin Sexton about how they are handling isolation. So good stuff there. That is going to be it for this week. Uh, Stay safe, everybody. We are out. We are out.